Welcome to episode four of series two of our OR Talks podcast. Today we'll be discussing payroll and benefits in kind and joined by two special guests. Here are your hosts, Neil Seeger and Mark Jovanovic. So we're very privileged to be joined by Andrew, who is Andrew Ratu, who is our um, PAOIE specialist and deals with all our, any, everything PAOIE for us. Correct. It's a good job I love tax. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people say it's taxing, but do it's you, not taxing you, for you. Do you love it? Do you love it as much as I love it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> well, so, so it's just to really sort of get an understanding of what what... What a benefit in kind is what sort of what comes up in commonly in the PYE investigations world, and what people commonly get wrong when it comes to benefits in kind and P eleven Ds, and and actually what 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 is a what is a benefit in kind mm. first and yeah. foremost? Yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to this. It's going to be good from an employer and from employees. Good point. It affects both, doesn't it? So yeah, it'll be interesting. Mm. So what's what's a benefit in kind? Where do you want to start? Well, <laughs> basically, uh, the, the way to look at a benefit in kind is obviously something that the employer provides to their employee um, that the employee can use for personal use or has personal use of it. That's what effectively is the best way of describing it, really. Um, it's a perk. It's a perk. Okay. And you have to test whether that perk is taxable or not. Okay, so it's really like what could be deemed as an extension of salary that isn't included within your salary. Correct, yes, because a, a perk or a benefit will be added to your salary as a taxable item, and that will attract, uh, attract tax, and uh, potentially NIC as well. Okay, yeah, okay. So so that will be NIC, or National Insurance Contributions, for the company and for the individual. It can be. you know, in the, for, for the majority of benefits in kind, true benefits in kind, it's... it's that the company provides, the company pays the NIC on behalf of uh, the, that particular asset. Um, you can get obviously situations where the NIC is also payable by the individual, but let's just stick with us. So the main ones are basically covered by company. The company paying the NIC. Okay, so then when we when we're looking at those sort of things, so that that could be anything so from from health insurance, so like yeah. saying I don't know, Bupa or, or whatever. Yeah, um, that could be company cars. Could be company cars. Yeah, they're the, those are probably the two main ones actually, company cars and and health healthcare. So know. it would it be like mobile phones and laptops and that sort of stuff. Mobile phones, not necessarily. Um, if an employee is provided with a, a company mobile phone um, and it's one mobile phone primarily used for business purposes, then yeah, that does not attract a benefit at all. Okay, so that could be a smartphone, it could be anything. Um, and they can use, the, the individual employee can use it for private use as well. And that's only because the contracts are so complicated these days. You, know, <laughs> you, can't, can't, you, you can't really split whatever's business, what is private. So yeah, so the company providing individuals with, with mobile phones or a, a company provided phone is not a taxable benefit. If they've got two or three, well, that's a different matter because that's obviously where you get into friends and family. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, but one, yeah, one mobile phone is not taxable. So then, that's so that's if I'm an so that's if say you know for example me using an employee of all my rutter, yeah. me, that's that would work for me. But let's just say if I'm a like an owner managed limited company, so I am the director. You know, basically it's only me in a limited company. Yeah. No okay. other employees. No, no other. Yeah. So if 
could my own company provide me a company mobile phone? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. As long, as long as that contract is in the company name. Yeah, okay. okay. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the key. Of course, yeah. yeah. It gets a bit more complicated, doesn't it, if it's in your name and the company's Yeah, because the, the, the reimbursement procedure, that, that can attract a different level of different interpretation of tax. So stay away from that. If the company provide that phone, it's in the company name, the company contract, then yes, that is, a, that is effectively a free phone for use private and business. Okay, so then when it comes to things like cars, mm -hmm. and cars I can imagine are very simple for P and F and benefits. What planet are you on? What planet are you on? That's a man that hasn't been a P and F before, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What's the So company cars the main ones. Yeah, good company. A company car, if it's made available to the employee for private use, then effectively that is a benefit in kind. And there is a formula for working out what that benefit is. And that depends on a couple of things, the list price, the CO2 emissions, and actually the uh, the percentage that HMRC put on the scale of what, how that benefit is calculated. Okay. And that's an extension to somebody's salary, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So effectively, if it's available for use for private use, um, Irrespective of whether it's used or not, if it's available, it will attract that benefit. Yeah, okay. okay? And yeah. that's that's the key. So, and what people tend to forget is the fact that, oh yeah, I just use it for going home to office, home to office work, you know, makes no difference. The commuting mileage is private and therefore it attracts that benefit. And yeah. that's what people tend to forget. Yeah, the thing that I see from a lot of time as well is on the list price, a lot of the yeah. time people think it's what they've paid for it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't, is it? yeah the, the benefit is based on the list price, which is the manufacturer's list price, which comes out of the factory. So, yeah, and so you get these deals that come along sort of saying, obviously, five grand off here, 10 grand off there. It makes no difference. It's stuck with the list price. The, the benefit is based on the list price yeah. of that vehicle. I remember back in, back in the old days, and this is going back a long time now, and this is just quite, quite a funny little story, really. So we, when I was at my, my old practice, we had um, somebody who went out and bought a, a company car as a Rolls-Royce, okay? Yeah. Now, they didn't, they didn't, it wasn't a brand new Rolls-Royce, it was quite an old Rolls-Royce. So I think they paid something like 15000 for this Rolls-Royce. They were very upset when I turned around and said to them that their PLMD value was based on the list price of the mm. car. No, yeah. so it was like a £250,000 car, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they're expecting to pay a tiny, weedy little benefit because they went out and bought, <coughs> bought it instead of buying uh, a 15, 20 grand car. So I think it was like, instead of like, let's just say a Corsa or something like that. Yeah. They went out and bought this. So they ended up having the, the large benefit in kind yeah, on the yeah. car, which yeah. obviously threw them completely. So the list price is something that really catches people yeah. out. It is indeed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that catches people out is the fact that Occasionally, you'll find that employees will want to make a contribution to the use of that car. Um, but if they pay something like, say, five grand a year towards the, that, that, that benefit, but the benefit is actually 10 grand, they still have to pay that, that, that difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people think they're making a contribution that removes the benefit. No, it doesn't. Even if that, the contribution they make is actually like the monthly, monthly rental or the monthly lease of that vehicle, if the benefit is a lot more than what they're paying in terms of their contribution, and effectively the benefit in kind still arises. They get a credit for what they do pay, but even so there's still a benefit to be had. Yeah, yeah, there's a difference. And people tend to forget that, obviously the fact that HMRC will pursue that if, if they see it. They'll yeah. catch, you, catch you out, won't they, yeah. with that sort of stuff. And so like, following on from cars then, so if you've got a car, what about the fuel then, if you're given, given fuel? Yeah, companies? company fuel, that's another benefit. That's a separate calculation. So again, that, that can be quite costly if you get uh, company provided fuel, so the company give you a card or a, a fuel card in order to for you to, to fill up as and when you want. 
then effectively that is a benefit again. And that can be equivalent to the actual level of the car benefit itself. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's, it's important if you want to reduce that, that benefit and you do have a company car, it's just to, it's to know what business miles you actually travel against what private miles you travel. And therefore we can work out a percentage of what that benefit should actually be. Okay. I've, got a, I've got a curveball question sure. now. Here we go. He loves these. So <laughs> I get my car, yeah. okay. And let's just say my car is a, a Tesla, okay. Okay. I have no fuel on okay. that one, okay. uh, so therefore I charge. I charge my car at, at home. Can my employer pay for my electric? <sighs> what a question! <laughs> because I get yeah, asked yeah, that okay, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Okay, well, the thing is, electricity is not a fuel. Okay, it's an yeah. energy. So that's the first thing. There's a, there's a big thing with the that. So, okay, but the only way of actually obtaining any form of relief or um, reimbursement for the electricity you use at home, most chargers now, they didn't used to, but most chargers now have some form of like input so that you know what sort of level of charge is going through into the car. Okay, okay. so yeah, yeah, so they become a little bit more sophisticated. So if you know what your charge is, how many kilowatts that car is using, effectively then you can actually work out from your bill what that car is costing to charge. Yeah. Okay? Then you have to identify from what traveling you do between business miles and private miles, what element of that, what percentage of that charge then relates to business or what relates to private. And obviously therefore you can claim back the business percentage of that. It's very, it's, it's quite involved, it's quite complicated. It, it, complicated. It, 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 there's no, there is, there is an argument obviously that uh, HMRC are reviewing this and obviously because of the fact that, uh, that uh, energy is not a fuel. Um, but the jury's out at the moment. Basically, if you can identify the level of business use of that personal charge you're paying for home, home paid for electricity, then you have a case in which to claim back that from the, your employer. But you can claim back a mileage element, can't you? You can, the, yeah. If, if the... yeah, if 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 you can, you can base it on. I think it's, is it five or six p of our. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can you can claim that um, as as you sort of you know, but. With charges as they are, you know, that's a it's one. yeah, yeah you know. it's a very complicated yeah. issue. But I can imagine yeah. it's become more and more and more common, isn't it, in our in our world? Yeah, because people are getting these electric company cars. Yeah, and I'll come back to, to how they're treated in a second. Yeah. But you know, when, when we're talking about whether you get reimbursed the electric or whether you get reimbursed the mileage element, the simplest way is going to be looking yeah. at how many miles that you've business miles that you've used that are charged at home. Yeah, if, if it's your own, <clears throat> if it's your own, if it's your own Tesla, you know. Good for you. <laughs> if it's your own tester and use it for business, but then you can still claim the forty-five PMR. Obviously, you can still claim that, obviously, yeah. because that's that's the wear and tear of a car. Yeah. But if it's a company car and you want to claim back that particular amount of charge that you're paying for personally at home, then you have to have a formula in which you actually can identify that business mileage. Yeah, yeah. that's when people get confused on a lot, isn't it? With company cars, they think they can claim the forty-five P, twenty-five P. Yeah. But yeah, that's only if it's your own car. If it's your own yeah, car. That, that's, that's right. yeah. 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 So we've talked about if I'm an employee and how and how that and how that works. Yeah. So what happens if if again if I work for my own limited work for my own limited company? It's just me working through through a limited company. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a plumber. I've got to be a plumber again, and I've got my uh, Tesla. That's that I have sort of like to get to get around in. Obviously, mm -hmm. you're you doing know, very well, aren't you? Yeah, really? do, you know, do you know what I mean? Pl plumbers do all right, you know, like plumbers do all right. <laughs> <laughs> so especially when it's anywhere Saturday job as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I've got my got my Tesla, my, my, my limited company. Because it's me or a limited company, mm -hmm. and it's my effectively my company and my car. Mm -hmm. Do I have to do a P11D? Yeah, if if yeah, if the company of 
have fronted up that car, if they pay for that car, if that, yeah. car, that car is in the company name, yeah. and effectively that is a company car and it's reportable through the P11D return. Um, Even though it's my company and, and yeah. I own the company yeah. the car. You've got to think obviously you and, you and your company are two separate people really. Obviously, okay. That, that right. company is a person in its own right, which means they that company has fronted up the money for that particular car, be it as a, as a, a one-off payment or as a monthly lease or rent or whatever. You know? So yeah, that company is providing you with a car for personal purposes and therefore that means it potentially carries a benefit in car. Yeah. Yes, okay. this has been limited companies. It's yes, yes. a sole trade or partnership, it's different. It's, it's different. different. Yeah, yeah, this is what yes. we're talking about today, really. Yes, yeah. Yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearing that one up for yeah. me. So the other one that I see quite a lot is health insurance. Mm -hmm. Both for people who are employees and people who are sort of owner managed limited companies. Yeah. So then, if in both scenarios, they're in that case that the employer is providing health insurance. So whether it's my company, my owner managed limited company providing insurance, mm -hmm. or my employer, I still have to do a PLMD for both of those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the only way that doesn't happen is if you make good, obviously. So that means if the company is paying premiums on healthcare for say three grand a year, unless you pay that three grand back to the company, then that three grand will be a benefit in kind. Okay, and again, that's reportable on a PLMD. And that, then that, that healthcare can actually cover yourself and family, you know, as well. So, but, that, yeah. but, those, but those premiums then are all chargeable. To, uh, to, uh, to PLMD on that, yeah, on, on that ind one individual yeah. that's the employee, yeah. Yeah. not the not the employee, <laughs> say husband or wife, that's nothing to do yeah, with the company. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I can imagine that will catch quite a few people out because, as particularly in the owner managed limited companies, because yeah. they probably won't consider that a PLMD is relevant because they're yeah. they're yeah. not. It's often forgot about, obviously, from from that point of view. It's something they need to be careful of because yeah, it's uh, you just become oblivious to think that you are not the employee, but yeah, as a director, you are still an employee. Yeah, yeah. The company is yeah. a separate legal entity at the end of the day, isn't right. it? So you're an employee of that. Yeah. So you know, we spoke about extensions, the salary, and, and, the, and these extra yeah. these extra things that can be benefit benefits. So obviously, we spoke about cars and, mm. and health insurance, whatever. So let's just say that I've I've left my job as a plumber, right. and I've now got a job in a pub. Or a restaurant, mm -hmm. okay, and people give me tips. So tips, I can, I can imagine, could be quite because that's not my employer giving me money. That's I'll my... give you a tip. Go back to being a plumber. <laughs> you had a tester as a plumber. Didn't you? My Guinness wasn't that bad. <laughs> I thought I poured you a nice Guinness. <laughs> but I think that you know. So so uh, if if I was you know I get paid for my for my doing my you know mm. by my by the pub for my hours worked and that sort of stuff. And Mark, he was not very not very generous normally, but Mark gives me a twenty pound tip yeah. um, because he was very very impressed with his his pint of Guinness. More, more impressed than yourself. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> so, is that how does that work? Yeah, tip tips. Yeah, you've got to be careful with tips because tips. Again, it's just a, it, can, it can be a wide range of things, but effectively, if somebody like a customer, a paying customer, leaves a tip on the table or just hands a tip to an individual, um, then effectively, that tip we'll call it a cash tip. Okay, yeah. that, that tip effectively is is reportable by the person who picks it up effectively unless they unless they go and put it into a into a tin for everybody else to share at a later date effectively that becomes a cash tips cash tips that are picked up by individual waiting staff or bar staff whatever um, and they pocket it themselves it's their responsibility to tell HMRC that they've received X amount of tips per year so that that gets coded out effectively in their tax code, all right? Yeah. Because they are an employee, okay? Uh, that's how that part of it is, is accounted for. 
Other tips where you have, and this is obviously probably more common now because we're entering into cashless society, obviously where people just pay tips on cards, um, uh, to, and it's effectively, you're, you, sometimes you don't even know you're paying a tip, sometimes yeah. it's part of a, a card payment. Yeah. Um, if those tips you've got to be a little bit more careful with because they, if, if they're just shared out by the, the owner, director or manager, uh, not the manager, but of the owner of that, that business, effectively that owner is telling those individuals what they're getting and those tips are then taxable. Right, okay. okay. And national insurance. And national, no, 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 and nickable. And that's key, they're nickable simply because they actually form part of a salary or a pay yeah, for yeah. a wage, okay? If, however, the tips are all gathered up, put into a pot, and then it's up to the manager or one of the members of staff to identify who gets what, then effectively that is dealt with what we call through what we call a trunk, okay? Which is, again, it's a payroll type um, uh, process but it just attracts a, a tax. It doesn't attract NIC. There's well, no nickel okay. charge on that, okay? And that's, and that's, it sounds like it's more hassle, but it's probably more, it's more relevant in the current way of thinking simply because it enables the, the staff to have a say as to who gets what, okay? And of course, it means they can share it with the kitchen staff who don't normally get involved. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. And obviously, and the government, the government actually, We've been talking about this for a while now, and it hasn't happened yet. But obviously, there is a, a move with the government to make tips and tipping more transparent, and so that every business that is involved in has a tipping uh, regime is going to be required to be more transparent in how it actually splits up and divvies out the tips, um, so oh, that right. the staff know who's getting what. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just still means that maybe that maybe the head chef can still get uh, more tips or more of the tips this year because probably they're more. In, class to be more important, more relevant to the success of the business, what everybody else gets. Head of staff, front of front of house, they may obviously, because of their their the way they actually um, conduct themselves, may warrant a bigger share of the tipping pot, okay? Yeah. But so long as it's not the director or the owner that actually divvies up that amount, then effectively it's just taxable and not nickable, oh, all right? Yeah. Okay, it has to have that independent feel about it. Uh, and obviously with this new move for HMRC wanting to um, make the process more transparent is going to bring it more into the fore. Obviously, what people need to do. Yeah. Okay. And the thing called the trunk, the trunk effectively, it's, it's a, I think it's a French expression, and it sort of comes from meaning of poor box. Obviously, it was like it used to be a trunk used to find in a, maybe in a French church, and people should throw their odd change in there. Yeah. And it then split amongst obviously. So there's less, the less fortunate members of the public. <laughs> from that point of view, obviously, it's it's. It's just it's just a way of actually of splitting up money, obviously that is graciously given by the paying punters. Yeah, so not I was thinking very professional actually. Makes a change. I think the key thing on that is if you're in the industry where tipping is, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Yeah, treating it yeah there, there's yeah. not sure. Absolutely, there are moves afoot. Obviously, and trying to get your head around it is obviously can be quite yeah. daunting, but it's it's quite an easy process once you actually get into it. Yeah, it's just getting into it. I think the key is is that the it's not the owner or director who's involved in that particular divvying up or splitting of the tips. If they are, it becomes part of the wage and then becomes nickable as well as taxable. Yeah. 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 So, so there's there's many many different things that people do miss. To be fair, within that, yeah. or not not miss, but probably bury their head in the sand yeah. actually and go. Well, I know there's probably a problem here, mm. but it's easier just to. And it's easy 
Go on, Mark, you can say it. Go on, <laughs> go on, I'll let you say it. it. <laughs> Mark has this thing where, where every, every podcast that he always says that basically it's always better to prepare. Yeah, right. and be proactive, forward, yeah, forward, forward, plan, forward yeah. planning. Yeah. So it's always better to you know think ahead of these things. I'm going to think of another one. Yeah. <laughs> think ahead of these things yeah. and put the procedures in place. If you think there's the slightest thing, well, actually, I'm not too sure, or there must be, I'll be getting money here for, for free, yeah. really, I shouldn't yeah. be. Then that's when you'd start talking to, to, to yeah. us, really, isn't it? And start that's right. Those yeah. conversations, really. We put those. If you have done something wrong, we can try and fix it. Yeah. But actually, it is a damn sight easier yeah. to get it right. Yeah, well, forwards. if you're not sure, you go on the, on the mantra that everything is taxable, you know, particularly when it comes to sort of transfer of money. It's yeah. Just, you yeah. Know, you know, from one person to another, there's potential tax implications. And obviously, if, you don't, if you're not sure, then you just ask. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we're here for. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, there's pointers. I'm an expert. If you if you don't ask them questions, <laughs> I'm just gonna ask. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert. <laughs> I know a good plumber. So <laughs> he's loaded. You know, absolutely loaded. This black. <laughs> I'm a better plumber than I'm a Farmer. bartender. Yeah. <laughs> so with your with obviously the investigation and all those sort of things that, that come up, is there a common thing that people are are missing or a common thing that sort of the, the revenue are leaning towards? Uh, it, or is it just it, it, <laughs> look at the draw? It, 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 tend to like cars are the big thing that, that people tend to sort of have a the wrong interpretation over frequently you know uh, pool cars is another one, actually. Say that one. pool cars like yeah. you know that uh, people that, that take pool cars home on a regular basis you know you've got to be thinking that's not that's not a pool car you know so, because you're, you're you're getting into commuting use of that car which is not right so know? what is what is a pool so what is a def, what should a pool car be well a pool car is, is a car that's available to all employees who are able to effectively use that car for business purposes yeah um uh, it's not meant to be allocated to one person on a permanent basis there has to be proof of records kept of why a pool car is deemed to be a pool car. So effectively, dates of use, where it's gone to, um, time in, time out, what expenses were incurred on that car, you know, um, driver who's used that car. That's probably the, because the, the, HMRC will pick up whether or not how many times that person's used a car. And if it's, if it's to, to the exclusion of, of everybody else, that's a personal car, yeah. it's not a pool car. Rick, should it be kept at the company premises as well? Ordinarily? In strictness, yes. Ordinarily, yeah. it needs to be kept overnight and at weekends at the company premises. Um, it can be used on occasions, and it is on occasions, if to, to facilitate uh, an early morning start for yeah. somebody or a late night return, uh, out of hours return, then obviously, yeah, then it's, it makes sense that the car can be taken home on those occasions. But if that becomes too frequent, you know, because again, it's being used by the same person, you know, yeah, on a regular yeah. basis. Straight through it again, like yeah, they're still straight through it. You're right, you know. Yeah. So, going back on cars, then, then so drink company cars, mm -hmm. where do vans come into this? And there's a yeah. crossover, isn't there? Yeah, there like is, yeah. double cab pickups yeah, yeah, and yeah. vans. Vans actually can be made available for private use, but if you have a van um, which is used for business and private use, the benefit is much, much lower. It's much. It's much more tax effective to have a van, you know, and have the benefit charged you on that van. It's like it's just under four thousand pounds, you know, and the van fuel is is around about seven hundred pounds as well. That's flat, and no, that is that is a that is a, a across the board charge. Um, vans themselves, actually, if they're just used purely for business, don't attract a benefit at all. And if the business that you're in maybe construction, uh, plumbing, whatever, you know, you know, yeah, and you, right. you, have, you have commercial need for a van. And obviously that van then takes you from home to site 
as opposed to home to office on a regular basis, then effectively that, that van will not attract a benefit at all. So long as the company has a policy which sort of says, right, okay, the vans are not to be used privately, okay? Yeah. yeah. And that means not taking it down to the beach or surfing down the corner on the weekends, Neil. Yeah, I'll do that on the regular, to be fair. I am a, I'm a regular you know I mean? surfer. Yeah. You know, you know, all down to football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to be careful because like, the thing is, you mentioned Mark double cab pickups. Yeah. Says, double cab pickups are, you know, normally a van isn't obvious what a van is, but a double cab pickup is a van so long as it's got a curb weight of a thousand kilos, um, and it's actually used for. You can see it actually is it is a purpose built yeah. commercial vehicle, and they actually still are classified as vans. Um, although HMRC are really are in that particular area of workup, you can see that, and you also find there you've got uh, double row vans. Those those now the the big Coca Cola case, which is still going on at the moment, I believe that uh, um, that becomes they become multi purpose, and there is a very strong argument that those actually, those transits or those Vivaras, whatever, because they've got a double line of seats in the back, um, actually removes their, their status of being a van. Yeah. Okay. Even though they're deemed commercial vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had it with the, um, oh, man, which one is it? It's the, the, the VW one, you've got the VW vans anyway, yeah, you've got yeah. the, the, the back seats. Yeah, the, the back is a van, but they're not classified as vans, are they, those? Yeah. That's what the Coca-Cola case is looking at, isn't it? Yeah. Say, provided a load of employees with those double row vans. Yeah, the, the VW combis or the... Or the that's uh, it, the, the combis, the Transporters, it. those actually are classified as cars now. You know, yeah. And they make, you know, the dealer, the, dealer the, the van dealer will say, yeah, no, they're a van, you know, but HMRC take a different view. And if you've got, if you've got a double row of seats in a, in a VW transporter or combi, then effectively they'll treat that as a car and it's quite an expensive car. Yeah. yeah, well, the list price is high. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very expensive, quite expensive yeah. vehicles. Yeah, on the same sort of fronting, um, like Land Rover Discoveries and Defenders, yeah. that one that comes up all the time, like the new Defenders, people are yeah. buying those, thinking they're, bands, thinking they're yeah. vans, but there aren't that many that qualify as vans from what That's I've right. seen. That's right, no, the thing is, yeah, like your typical, your typical Land Rover um, will probably be a car, to yeah. be fair, you know. You will probably find... Uh, Certain Land Rovers which have been blacked out and you, there's no access to the back from yeah. a seating point of view, uh, they could probably be, they're on the verge of being probably vans. So yeah. obviously, you know, yeah, but can, you know, they're, they're, they're commercially built to be a van. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as if they've got the bulkhead, I think, isn't it? That's bulkhead, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good word. bulkhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, the, that's the word, bulkhead. <laughs> we're finding where the bulkhead is. You know, that vans, see, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of mileage in HMRC pursuing vans yeah. to be cars. You know, so but just to reiterate, yeah, the double cab pickup still at the moment, the majority are are, are vans. You've got to be careful those that, uh, that don't quite meet the the thousand kilo um, curb weight. Because if they put then the cover on the back, yeah. they they get over that thousand kilo. But if they take that cover off and they're less than a thousand kilo, they're a car. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's a complicated little minefield. But obviously, yeah. you just need to be aware that the vans are vans. Genuine vans are tax effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're quite expensive vehicles, so the tax implications can be quite big. Absolutely, yeah. So my advice would be always speak to us if you're unsure before you buy one yeah. to see yeah. what our opinion would be on whether it's going to fall as a car or a van. That's right. Yeah, because otherwise it could cost you a small fortune yeah. in tax employees. every year. Yeah. Yeah. And your employees, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it can, can be a bit of a minefield in these, yeah. uh, especially vans. 
Does that van sound more complicated than cars? <laughs> <laughs> cars are complicated. Just get yourself a low loader. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's not quite so glamorous though, but I think that, you know, is, what, is there anything else that sort of comes up that people are getting wrong frequently? <clears throat> well, moving, it is part, presumably part of, like, we call benefits and expenses. Or expenses, you've got to be careful, obviously, with regard to um, getting out and about and what people pay, obviously, when they're out and about driving or, or, or traveling on, on business purposes. You know, there are rules to follow there, and obviously, and what people tend to forget is if they get paid a ransom allowance. Oh, that's, that's not necessarily the thing to follow. Obviously, the, a ransom allowance is taxable, you know. Um, you have to have a purpose, you have to have receipts to show what you spent that money on. So the ransom allowance is just going, when you, say for example, I go and stop, stop away for a night, and they say, we're going to give you 50 quid. Yeah, yeah. And the 50 quid, whether I spend that 50 quid or not, well, that's effectively what it you is. You could go and sleep in a bus shelter and pocket the 50 quid. Yeah. And that, and that's 50, that 50 quid, well, actually that 50 pound would, would be taxable and nickable. Unless know? I can show that yeah. I've spent it yeah, with the receipts right. you're saying. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, 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 I talked yeah, to you there. Yeah. So, so that sort of thing, you know, they, that, that could be a whole different minefield, but obviously this it's a thing that does tend to, to come up quite frequently is that a ransom allowance is paid because it's helpful for just to give people cash to, to play with um, but if you if you don't keep the receipts of what you spend that money on effectively it no. can be a chargeable source of income yeah fortunately most uh, most employees now have uh, company credit cards which means that what they actually spend their that that, um, that money on or what the what in expenses they incur can be traced through obviously quite effective means of give uh, receipt and, and, and payment process With third party yeah. proof yeah. yeah 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 but obviously what people tend to forget when they do actually sort of use cards they don't pick up receipts and you've got still got to have the receipts because the, the credit card descriptions do not cover everything that HMRC will accept as being correct and uh, and proper. Yeah, sometimes they just have the name of the business. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and before. again, again, another people buy stuff like on the internet. They don't, you know, the, the, what could you get a receipt on the internet? Very rarely. And you, you get generally know what you're buying because they, 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 especially late at night, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you, the, the expense the expense detail isn't there. So it is important to make a note of anything that's bought over the internet, particularly business expenditure that uh, that is incurred by anybody. You know that, that is. Well, if you don't keep the flip side as well, you could buy anything personal that's on the right. pe yeah, because yeah. you go to Amazon, yeah. you can buy anything from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy literally Amazon anything. Yeah. Brent saying what it is, what it says. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be just be mindful of that because again that's a, another area of detail to, to be mindful of but it does happen because that's all part of the plmd process as well you see you know, if uh, you know that can get reported through the plmd yeah. personal items being purchased you know have to be reported through the plmd you know i've got another random question coming now <laughs> just popped into my head so if i've used that if i've got a company credit my personal credit card right and i yes. use that so, or a company credit card, let's just say yeah, company yeah, credit card to start with, keep things yeah. simple. Yeah. So I've got an American Express yeah. um, company credit card mm -hmm. and I buy everything on that company credit card. Yeah. I, I accumulate, obviously, air miles. Yeah. What happens with those air miles? Well, effectively, you, if you've if you've accumulated in your name, then you can use them. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now, this, don't get confused, obviously, with that because that main... It's not as straightforward as you think, but obviously, but normally if, if those earmolls are in your name, then you can use them, then that's, that's okay, that's okay. But what are yeah. the company's name? Because they don't exist in reality, yeah. they're just... 
Well, that's up to the company how it actually can can actually look to redeem those in any way, shape, or form. Because effectively, if the if the company is able to provide you know the, the employee with any form of facility to use those AI models, because that's something that's been incurred from a business point of view, then the company has first say on it. But it's up to the company what they do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, and if it, if it's you've got to watch it, doesn't you don't overstep the mark with regard to that? Because yeah, because I think it's a bit of a mark because it obviously yeah, that's going to be quite hard to police from a HMRC point of view, but equally quite a hard point of view because I'd go, well, they're, 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 they're my, it's my company, they're my yeah. points, yeah, or it's my credit card, they're, they're my they're my points. But effectively, I've then gained a, a benefit then, I've not really because had I not have been in the business using the credit card for my yeah. business, yeah. I wouldn't have incurred those costs and wouldn't have those free flights to yeah. America for yeah. three months. It's yeah. a company paying the credit card. Yeah. It is they belong to the company really, you know, that's, that's what it boils down yeah. to. You know, you've got to look at the small print with regard to what that's what you're getting into with the card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting though, it leads on me on to sort of like so if the company gives an employee vouchers, when does yeah. that become a benefit or well, what sort of vouchers are you thinking of? So say an Amazon voucher, give me okay. an employee so £50 Amazon voucher or £100. Okay, depends what that's for. Okay, yeah. now obviously if, let's say it's Christmas time or Easter time, whatever, and the the employer provides everyone with a voucher of £50, you know, like a love to shop voucher, something like that, yeah. then that effectively can be classed as a trivial benefit which will not attract tax or NIC okay okay however if that voucher is presented to the individual or to a group of individuals because of something they've done performance wise at work then it's chargeable okay it's oh, okay. a goodwill gesture it can be provided tax free um, if it's not as a goodwill just because it relates to a performance related or work related um, uh, piece of work or, or circumstance then effectively it's it's taxable and nickable, okay? Uh-huh. And that's just up to fifty pounds. It can happen as many times in the year as they want to, you know, the employer wants to, but you know, they've got to be careful that, that it's not it's not bleeding into obviously performance related to like right, gifts, okay. you know. So if it was an employee of the month award, yeah. Where would that fall? Then that would be taxable. Well, not necessarily. It depends what that that reward is for. If it was, if it was obviously for doing what they do as a job, effectively, yeah. and like you know, reaching a sales target, then quite clearly it's performance related. Yeah. yeah. If it's for just being just being a popular good egg, <laughs> then in theory you could, yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The thing is not to be too generous about it. You know what I mean? Be sensible yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 You know, it's yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a new area. That's oh, by the way, off to Monte Carlo this weekend. Really? Thanks very much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit too much. Really. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be worse. Tell you what, your employees. Nice to you, eh? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I thought you were tanned. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't turn wrong, yeah. Absolutely. That's your invite, God. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a bit nuts as well. <laughs> but no, yeah, so you see your, your point, yeah, it's just yeah. being sensible I, with it. Anyway. Yeah, so then that, you've got to bear in mind that um, that £50 limit, okay? that's yeah. uh, Once it goes over that, then the limit, the, there's no exemption, that's it. You know, that's it. It's 51, it's chargeable, effectively, yeah. you know? So, yeah. So if yeah. if I wanted to take my team out for dinner, or say I've got subcontractors, this is going to be a messy question, but if if I've got say my plumbing firm again, mm. and I work with twenty five subcontractors, mm-hmm. and I take them all out for out for dinner, right? Okay, obviously they're not my employees, right? So if I if I paid for them to to go out, there's no effectively there's no P eleven D charge on that. So we're talking what a lot of, they're going out with your employees. So I'm going. So then, if they, if they weren't, if they're somebody, that's a different question. But if they're employees, the employees take, okay. take all my employees out for out for dinner, okay, um, at Christmas, okay, and it costs two hundred pounds per person, yeah, okay. 
would that would it does at that point does that become a chargeable benefit or is that me just paying for a Christmas party? Effectively, once you go over the, the HMRC will allow you to um, to take and entertain your staff like on an annual event. Yeah. Okay. Up to £150 per head. And that can include partners and it can include a few guests with regard to that, you know, like uh, like well-established customers, but obviously, or clients, but, you know, you're not to outweigh the importance you're taking your employees out. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So £150 per head, which will maybe include um, meal, drinks, maybe the hotel cost, you know, uh, taxis there and back if need be, okay, but you can't exceed... £150 per head, because once you go over that, then the whole lot is taxable. So if I've got Charging. 10 employees, yeah. and actually they all take their partners, yeah. so if I've got 20, yeah. so is it £150 per person for the 10? The cover for it would be for the 20, so, the 20. Yeah, so it's extended yeah. to cover the, the, the partners as well. Okay. okay. All right. That's Simple. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, but then you, you run, run the risk of how, does, how do you actually then recover the tax on that? And that's where... Do you charge the individuals? Obviously, because you know, obviously you're drinking more than Mark Bell, so that's not fair yeah. on Mark paying the same. <laughs> that's you definitely will. true so, as well. Actually, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mark will eat more than you will. So yeah, this, yeah. so you know, so it really depends whether the steak costs more than the the tequila, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> well, exactly what I mean. We've got to balance that. No, but obviously, so you've got to try that. So if you just split it evenly, you know, some people may not accept that. Okay, and then they may not want to to pay that two hundred pounds. Obviously, or tax on that two hundred pounds. Yeah. So effectively what the employer can do is enter into what we call a page and settlement agreement, a PSA, and they can pay the liability, uh, okay. the tax and the, uh, the, the NIC on for, that. For, and, for and, the whole party. And then they will pay on that for the whole party because the, the employer is taking you out, therefore then they should foot the bill. That's yeah. the logic behind yeah. it. Um, and because of obviously this inequality of obviously some people drinking or eating more than others, some people having a partner, some not having a partner, yeah, then effectively it makes it fair that the company then steps up and then takes takes the tab and the tax and the, the MSC on that tab. Yeah, yeah, so and they do that by contacting HMRC and entering into what we call a PSA agreement, which is a pay-as-you-earn settlement agreement. And that's done once a year, isn't it? Once, once a year, yes, yeah. Obviously, once a year, once you make the record, then you you can do that annually. Okay, so if it's a if the the Christmas party is an annual event, then obviously then and it's going to be more than that 150 pounds per head. You know, you could have two events, three events a year. Okay, which you know one or two may be covered by the 150 pound exemption, but one may not be. In which case they just pay the the, the liability on that uh, yeah. that one that isn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I did have another question, and it's just completely left my head. So yeah, that was it. If I have if I have more than one event a year, yeah. so I have I don't know, let's just summer barbecue, summer barbecue, uh, yeah, a Christmas and, party, that's right. uh, an, an Easter, you know, bonnet parade. How many do you want? What do you do this party? You know what I mean? No wonder you're making any money. Tesla. That's why I can't afford to buy the petrol. No, obviously, yeah. So, yeah. Is that £150 yeah. pound per event? Or? No, no, it's £150 pound annual. Okay, so effectively, so you could have two events which are covered by the £150 pound exemption per head, but then you could have two that aren't. And But, you know, you could have two that come up to £130 pounds total. Uh, the next one comes to sort of like maybe £50, pounds, but that £50 pounds will be charged in total. So even though you've got maybe £20 pounds less than that exemption, that one gets completely... Right. Swallowed up by by that uh, by the whole charge gets taken up. Um, yeah, so you see you see how people some people will think yeah. that's hundred fifty pound yeah. per event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, no. it's, it's, so it's, it's an annual it's an annual thing. You know, yeah, okay. yeah. There's loads of things to yeah. be aware yeah. of, aren't there? Really. Yeah. 
you also got to be careful of the fact that obviously that, that if you have like a it's an, an, an a, like a company anniversary or a marketing event that isn't the same as an annual event okay because a 30 30 year anniversary is, is a one-off yeah and, yeah. That, and it's often it's often you often people think they can actually use that anniversary event as being a, a way of actually using 150 pounds per but you can't not in strictness you can't okay it's meant for annual events yeah okay? yeah yeah Ah, social annual events okay yeah. you, know, you know you may have it, it doesn't happen to have happen every year but obviously you know, it, the intention yeah such as christmas parties or uh, summer gatherings that sort of stuff, barbecues you know, my easter bonnet parade yeah you've got all those sort of things yeah. to you know yeah. to consider really you can see how people would would miss these yeah. and then just carry on and then yeah. the revenue come and ask her yeah. so actually what you know one of the things that we, we do quite regularly isn't it we go out and actually do um, visits and actually speak to people about the things that they do and whether they w will affect um, have a PY exposure or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The page and health checks which we undertake uh, are quite useful for those that, uh, um, that feel they may not be 100% sure about what's going on, yeah. they just need to yeah. ask a few questions because we can take them through effectively what a HMRC inquiry would, uh, would be like. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, ask the questions as it would be asked of them. Yeah. Um, and it allows people to sort of say, oh, wait a second, I'm not doing that right, you know, and then it gives them the opportunity to put it right. Yeah, before yeah. before HMRC. Yeah, 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 yeah. asking the questions. That's and right. HMRC, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're being proactive about it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. the trouble is, if, you, if, you do, if you've been doing something wrong for a number of years, you don't know you've been doing it, it's, you know, it's it's cannon fodder for HMRC. It's a gravy train, you know. Because, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, once they find it. something wrong, they can go back four, five, six years, you know. Uh, and uh, uh, what effectively is it an innocuous amount of money of say maybe an understatement of five hundred pounds can become twenty grand in no time at all. You know? So it's <laughs> something just as you need to be aware of. It's it's a it's a wide area to look at, and it's yeah. something that uh, that we can help with, you know. Yeah, and do you not stop that, Mark? Forward planning. Forward planning, exactly, and, and actually asking those asking those yeah. questions. You know, it's not nice to go through a HMRC inspection at all. Um, but if you if you're prepared and, you, and you're aware of the things that roughly they're gonna, you know, obviously something new happens after the, mm. the, the health yeah. check, then it's one of them. But if during that, at least everything will be you yeah. know, reviewed. That's right. Yeah. Mm. I've learned an awful lot today. I don't know. It's been interesting. Has been, has been really interesting. Yeah. I told you I was looking forward to it. <laughs> If it, there's, no, there's nothing else I've got no other questions of you Mark I haven't got any other questions now. I think we've covered quite a lot there so hopefully everyone's found it interesting yeah, well, yeah. I certainly have I've, yeah. I've learned I've learned a lot so hopefully you guys have as well yeah. so uh, thank you for you'll your have time. to come down to the tax gym with me obviously you didn't give a lot oh, of get, get my man tax weights I tell you yeah, have a look at that have a look oh, at that I'll tell you what get the, gun, get the tax guns out just <laughs> 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 yeah. see me on that tax, on that tax yeah, you know, there's press. a lot to be said for tax muscle don't think I've got the strength. I've got that in me, Mark. How's your tax muscle? Tax muscle, yeah, better than my normal muscle. It's a wide area, and obviously it can be a bit of a minefield. Obviously, if anybody needs any help, just get in touch with us. Yeah, please ask. Please. Well, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Thank you. Okay. So, thank you, Andrew, for giving us the insight into everything basically payroll really but it wasn't everything payroll no because we are very we are joined by sam who is our payroll genius yes yes payroll genius yeah. we can go with payroll genius no pressure yeah. there no. Yeah. No yeah, pressure. Say, yeah i'm just putting you up here just a bit <laughs> so welcome sam thanks thanks for joining us 
Pleasure. So I think we, what, one of the things that, that I, I see in my world an awful lot is a thing called director's payroll. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a difference between normal payroll and director's payroll? Yeah. So normal payroll is usually run for employees. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is usually run monthly, quarterly, weekly. But with the director's payroll, as it's just directors on the payroll, they have a standard salary. And we used to be able to run them just annually. Okay. But we changed the way of doing it and started running it monthly, which was because of some factors to do with the pandemic. Uh, and EPSs and FPSs needed to be submitted okay. at certain times. So it's just uh, easier run quicker. So is, is there a difference, so, so um, with people, say, national insurance contributions and all that sort of stuff, is that on the same basis as an employee? No, no so an employee has uh, national insurance taken it each month. Uh, with a director, they pay no national insurance until they hit, hit the threshold, which is the uh, first primary threshold. Yeah. And then um, they pay 2%, uh, sorry, 12%. From the primary threshold until the upper, which is 45, and then they pay 2%, um, which doesn't really ever get to that amount. Yeah, yeah. So most, yeah. most of them, we, we most, most, I mean, I assume most, most accountants probably do this, where we keep the salaries yeah. quite quite a low value. Um, you know, right about, so at the moment, well, I think it's about 12,000 recently. And then uh, that's so you pay, you pay no tax personally. No, no tax. And then this is where we pull Mark in. <laughs> so uh, not really, the hot lights, the, the lights off yeah. you a little bit. So if I put a salary through my company, because yeah. I'm, I'm a director and I'm on 12,000, so I pay no tax. I've paid a minimal amount of national insurance, mm-hmm. I would have thought. Are there any, other, is there any benefits to me doing that for my company? Yes, yeah, so within the company, you're then going to get your corporation tax relief, which yeah. now... Now we're in April, it's between 19 and 25%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. gone back to really complicated ways of working out corporation tax, so um, we won't go into that detail now. Though. So they're, 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 they're on payroll. They're on payroll. Yeah, they're on payroll, not the corporation <laughs> no, tax. No, yeah. They'll put people to sleep with them. Yeah. So like you say, so for them personally, there should be no tax if it falls in their personal allowance, unless you're a high earner, then it will yeah. change. But generally speaking, no tax with any personal allowance, corporation tax saving, between 19 and 25 percent on the salary you put through so it makes a, a massive difference then so it I, does, I, yeah. is, is there is there a reason why we get people to contribute a small amount of national insurance yeah so there's several reasons um for that uh, it keeps you within your state pension and your pension credits um although that level is a little bit lower um we still like the director to pay a small amount of national insurance due to other benefits like statutory benefits, so ah. maternity, paternity pay. Um, and the bigger one really is if something was to happen um, to the client, it, it, it doesn't, um, but if they couldn't pay themselves through the business any longer yeah. due to maybe ill health, accident, then if you've paid your national insurance each year, yeah. you are entitled then to further statutory sick pay or disability allowance. So it makes a massive difference though, it really. That, think... that part is a is a, a big part of it, really. Yeah. Uh, so you are you need to you know benefit from paying smaller uh, amount of national insurance, especially for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's important. 
So as anyone that would have been watching the YouTube video would have thought we just had an earthquake. So anyone watching, you know, honestly, we haven't just had an earthquake. I think Sam was just trying to add the drama with the, uh, the benefits you get. Just getting yeah. the point hey, Just making you? sure. Getting the point hey, the point I was shaking. Which is watching. <laughs> so but it is really important, you know, and yeah, actually that those contributions, because people ask me all the time, why do you do this salary? Why do you do it this amount? Why can't I just have dividends? Because I pay seven up seven and a half percent taxes or whatever it is at the time, seven and a half percent tax on that. But actually you're saving corporation tax. You're making your um you say you're paying no tax because your personal allowance. Yeah. You're saving corporation tax and the added bonus you're paying a small national insurance to keep your other yeah, things to keep going. All yeah. benefits, yeah. It also benefits those um that need the thirty hours free childcare as well. Ah, this is an interesting yeah. point. I've never yeah. really thought about that one. Yeah, it does but, yeah. benefits those. Uh, we, I mean, it, we changed from running it yearly to monthly, um, so that com- could come into play. There was quite a few directors that needed statutory maternity pay, and a salary has to be put through monthly, not on an annual mm-hmm. basis. Uh-huh. And this was the same for the thirty hours free childcare as well. Yeah, because I want to see the pay system. Yeah, they yeah. need to see what has been submitted. So this is why we did. You know, we changed it and run the monthly. And this goes back to Mark Mark's motto, which is always about being prepared, isn't yeah, it? Yes. Forward planning, yeah. Forward yeah. planning. So yeah. forward plan, you can you can yeah. have that. We don't have to go back and change anything. It's just um, yeah. Yeah. All, this yeah. is what we look at when we do uh, remuneration planning. It's easy yeah. for me to say, yeah. It's all the factors we look at, isn't it? So like, yeah. when clients come to us, we look at it from all the different angles. Yeah, and... we do, yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's a lot of things, factors that come into play, as, as, as we've just seen there. In a brief example, yeah. the things that, and that's just a handful of things you've listed there. It there is, are yeah. many more. We could have another separate say. podcast on just on yeah, benefits of paying national insurance. Yeah. yeah. So like, where does auto-enrolment come into it for directors? Then? So directors don't have to have auto-enrolment. Okay. Uh, it was a rule that was brought out with the pensions regulator. Majority of directors have private pensions. Yeah. So it's not actually needed. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, originally the director's salary was under the 10,000 yeah. anyway, so they wasn't eligible, but now it is over because of the primary threshold going up last year. Um, they do qualify for pensions, but they still don't, don't have, have to. to have it, yeah. That's quite useful to know. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we have to record it with the pensions regulator to say that they're a director's annual yeah. only and they don't require the yeah. pensions, if you like. So as long as we record that every three years, it's it's good. Yeah, so you know, because that's also another thing we we pull in as part of our plan, mm-hmm. isn't it? Looking yeah. at looking at corporate tax relief on pension yeah. contributions potentially, and actually look at the overall remuneration yeah. package that, that, that <laughs> the directors get, and make sure that it's tax efficient, national insurance efficient, and, and and everything actually yeah. it comes out because. But a lot of people, and I still see it when I pick up accounts from other other accountants, that they just have dividends. Yeah. No salary, just no, dividends. No. And really. And know, also, when we do pick up from other accountants, it comes over as a lower salary as well, where they're still not paying national insurance. So, which is, we then bring it over and, and up it, so yeah. they do pay the small amount. Yeah, it's been quite a big thing in the news recently, the national insurance contributions, yeah. isn't it? We've, being able to go back further to uh, get your state pension qualified yeah. and everything. So yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're a hero, really, when you tell someone I don't want to pay any tax and their national insurance or whatever, everyone's thinking, blimey, this, this, this lady or this guy is amazing. They've, they've saved me a fortune. Yeah. But actually, they're Long really term. sort of like, exactly, because there's, yeah. there's no forward planning being done on that one. It's just been just been put out there. Just yeah. drop it in there. <laughs> 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 it would be my motto at this rate. Right, <laughs> 12 months of driving it in there and you've got it now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Blimey, yeah. Yeah, you might be a tax person as well, yeah, eventually. Sure. You know, what? if I keep listening to you. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, is there anything else with, with the, any other benefits, with the, sort of particularly with the directors? I don't yeah. think so, no, not really. It's just, it's all about just paying your contribution in so you are eligible for all benefits. Um, so and just then, a couple of quid now. Yeah, and... Yeah, Couple that's of right. now. I don't Can think there's benefit long term, can't yeah. it? Oh, most definitely, yeah. Most, yeah. most definitely. And it isn't a lot that they're paying um, at the end of the tax year. Well, they're paying a damn sight less than employees do. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But the director's salary isn't going to be for every director, so it's worth, no. like, every case is different. So it if is. you've got someone already claiming, like, state pension or... Yeah, it's really probably else. not worth, but it depends on how much yeah. they... You know, they're taking from their state pension. We will maybe put some salary through yeah. that brings them to their tax level because it will still save on the yeah. corporation exactly, side of yeah. things. So we still do put it through, but yeah, um, depending on how much they've got coming back from their state. Yeah, yeah. it's just no point in putting one if you're a 40 percent taxpayer, let's just say, paying yeah. 40% tax Already, on it. Yeah. And then, and then actually only saving, say, let's just say it's the basic rate of corporation tax, yeah. 19%. Yeah. And there's no, you know, you're paying more than you're benefiting. But if you're the other way, then actually it might be. Yeah, yeah. That goes back to like when you're in the pub and your mate says to me, oh, I'm doing it this way. It works. Why aren't you doing it? Because everyone's situation can be it slightly is. different. It so is indeed. That's yeah. what we're here to... Yeah. So what is it, Mark? It's a what basis? <laughs> case by case. Everything's a case by case, case basis. Case by case. <laughs> it is indeed. It comes with every Every single one. It's case by case basis. And form well, a planning. It is true, isn't it? Yeah. We've all been there. No one's the same. And someone saying, well, I do this and this works for me. And like, because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work no. for you. Indeed, it doesn't. Absolutely. Well, you go to very exciting pubs, Mark. That's a conversation. Yeah. We're going to argue about the price of car. Fancy booze and I go to. The beer's our baby. Honestly, but yeah. So, so I think I think the message there is actually that that direct salaries are a good idea. They are, and they are there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It will benefit you in the long term. Amazing. Most definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. That's, answer, that's, that's, that's answered everything I've got. That's everything you've got. It has, yeah, yeah. Learned a bit as well. Good. Yeah, we've learned about the um, about the, the hours. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Well, thank you very much, Sam. Thank no you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you've learned a lot about PoE and benefits in kind today. I certainly have. I know Neil will Yeah, me well. certainly too. Yeah, probably more than you, I've learned. <laughs> Next time, we're going to be looking at R&D and things you can claim and what's involved with that. We'll have a special guest as well. If you have any queries on it, drop us a WhatsApp on 01905 777 600. Until next time, thanks for joining us.